0: On today's Man of the Apes, we are recording because Richard's finally finished with his snacks and we are not doing an ASMR episode. Crunch, crunch, crunch.
2: Apes, the daily podcast where we break down every minute of the of the Eight movies, one minute at a time. I'm Todd. That's Sean. Hey, and hey. empty mouthed now, Richard that is right. At- <laughs>
1: that's that's kind of gross. That's
2: terrible. But oh the, my por- goodness, wow. you the poor mouth. thing, we're like, hey, could you please finish your breakfast? And poor thing is like shoving in. So that's fast <laughs> as you could. Yeah. And so here we are, Monday morning, and I already told the guys we're going to start Some right away with a little bit of housekeeping. Joe Meeb, who is probably one of our oldest fans. Uh, has long, been, You longest, don't mean uh, age wise. I don't mean <laughs> oldest. He's been with us the uh, longest. longest fan. Joe, that was no dig on you. I, you know, I know you got a kid. I know about roughly what age you are. I didn't mean to call you old. However, Joe took the time when we recently had some episodes, um, to let us know that the original films do reference God. We had a little bit of a hang up about, Hey, what happened to the lawgiver? Why aren't we going through this? Joe is fantastic at getting back with us. And maybe it is that relationship that he's been around with us for a while. And knows that he can reach out to us The rest of you out there don't ever hesitate To let us know if you find those things Because we're doing the best we can to go along in these films Finding these things And sometimes you get knee deep in it And you're so caught in the quagmire of a minute That it feels as though there's a A a stumble by the films Is that a fair thing to say? A stumble? Um, So Joe Thank you for calling us out. Thank you for setting us straight. We do appreciate it. I'm sorry it took a while. Those those episodes were, we're recorded a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. And and here we are. At least we're getting to answer it and you'll hear this in a few weeks from it. So is that enough housekeeping? Anybody I, else I need to say anything straight? It. No. Richard's just happy I'm not calling him out for eating anymore. <laughs> know, busting
0: yeah. him anymore. Uh, all right, so
2: here we are, minute
0: 51 all right. of Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Sean, tell us what's going on. We start minute 51 with the caravan of cars going into what I assume is Camp 11 and ends with the interrogator saying "What that Zero withheld info for the safety of herself and her unborn child. And here comes minute 51 of Escape from the Planet of the Apes.
1: When we were in space, we saw bright white blinding light. Brighter than this? Hmm. Then we saw the rim of the earth melt. Then there was a tornado in the sky. That's your voice, isn't it? How can I tell? I, I, I don't even remember. Why don't you remember? Because Dr. Hasline made me drunk.
2: Why did you tell something to Dr. Hasslein when drunk that you never told the commission when sober? Because you and your husband were frightened for the safety of yourselves and your unborn child?
0: As a of Minute 51s, we have a planet worth of humans, two living apes, one who's pregnant, and one dead ape. One who's pregnant. So shouldn't it be, are you designating
2: one of the apes as pregnant, or is there a third who's pregnant?
0: Well, the the pregnancy has not come to term yet, so it is not a person. Okay. So if we're considering eight I know, people yeah.
1: We're getting into the issue. It's not an eight conception. yet until it's born. <laughs> so let,
2: I want to start right away from the actual layout of this scene that, you know, you get a lot of driving in this, but it is a beautifully directed scene from that standpoint because we get camera movement that takes us on the journey going, um, right to left with the car as the car turns against camera direction and turns into the gates. There's
0: a lot of, you know, a lot of of showing them drive Every car drives in and the gate fully closes. It does. But what is beautifully done, and this is this is something that's overlooked in film far
2: too often, is the construction of what's going on. The busy work. Right. Because the car comes, like I said, right to left, then turns against camera direction. So it's going positive and eventually it's going to turn Right. So that everything doesn't just seem like it's going right. The background extras are going against the action. Mm-hmm. If you watch it, you get a lot of leftward movement from the background so that it has an opposition. It feels busy. And at the very last, we get these people going across. It's really one of those screen directions that, you know, the, the assistant director went to the director and said, here's how I'm going to set it up. I'm thinking this and this. It's just beautifully on display.
1: Well, they were, they were originally actually supposed to stop at a gate. Oh,
2: they were supposed the, to Yeah, stop. the original uh.
1: Uh, uh, script instruction says they have to have a security guard who gets signed in and Cranios is fascinated by the gate latch and clicks and the guard opens the gate and they salute and move through. So they just kind of went for a basic just drive into the Camp 11. There is a sign on the, on the gate that says Camp 11. It looks like a, a you know, a, a nice California winter day. Like you can see kind of the leaves are off on the trees, but it's still a little bit of green. It's a very, uh, arid climate that you see around. It's got very, California buildings with kind of like low roofs and, um, there's a window unit on one of the buildings. Gates yellow. Uh, there is a little bit of a guard thing, but there's no guard in it. It's just kind of a, it was, it was, yeah, it's a, it's a nice setup for it. It definitely has that feel of, um, if you've ever been
2: out to the San Francisco area, those, they, they're now, I believe, apartments, but they used to be dwellings for, uh, military families. And it has the same kind of feeling, very open, very arid. Right, except you know, there's something ominous because there's a tower, and also it also says restricted area warning. So yeah. the moment you get a restricted area warning,
1: you kind of in for some bad stuff. Yeah, I still wonder. I would still want to know if they they staged those signs, or if there actually was a Camp, Camp 11. Eleven that they that you know you know they didn't have a fast signs where they could run out and just make these things real quickly, but they had an entire props department that could create them as well. They had to have had
2: something here. I mean, I'm looking at the shot right now and you've got two hills with fences and they're nicely done fences constructed. This film is, is operating so economically on its budget. When I can't imagine that they would build that build hills, build fences. This had to be an existing structure. some Probably. sort. I did look to see, and I couldn't find any notes on it on a camp um, 11 or anything like that, or even on a military base where it was shot. I didn't find that immediately, but once again, there you go. Our listeners, if you know where it is, please tell us. We would love to know. But cool little area, got yellow fences, green buildings. It definitely feels like we're entering into a bad, bad place. Right,
1: right. Jeep with military officers, uh Dr. Dixon's car with uh, uh our two aponauts in it, and uh Dr. Branton going in as well, and then followed behind by another Jeep with two military office, officers. There was a, a supposed to be a scene in the car where, uh Lewis talks to them and says, "I wish you knew how to advise you. They may try to make you angry. Uh don't be or you'll be trapped into the wrong answers. Try to uh try to keep polite." And uh Cornelius is like, "You hear that, Zero?
0: <laughs> Again, even zero shit
1: all the time. But we didn't get any of that. We didn't really even need that. We just kind of know they're walking into a new right. situation.
0: Yeah, so, because if Fett had been in there, it's it would've been even stranger because they drive him to the camp, they tell them they're going to be interrogated. Then they put him in a pitch black room and turn on the lights for him.
1: So try to bind them. Do you want to talk about the next moment? Yeah, I mean, let's because go. Because the scene just goes black.
2: Yeah. The only thing I was going to throw in is now I've looked ahead and and it's trying to watch these. You will miss details. So I think I just took for granted the camp eleven side. But what kind of I find humorous is it's written camp. 11 in the middle is almost like a shield that has the Roman numeral 11. So it's technically camp Camp 11, 11, 11.
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yes, let's move ahead. So once they drive in, the gates close. And then all of a sudden we're just kind of struck with this moment where everything is just pitch black. black. Yes. I had to look for a second to make sure I hadn't hit pause on my player to verify exactly like what, what, what happened? Where'd it go?
2: It's a, it's a cool moment. Immediately. You know, I, I've tossed out many times, hey, the film's changing here. And for, for various plot reasons, it has changed before, but now the tone is changed to the point where this is a very ominous type thing. In
1: pitch black, we don't know what's occurring. I, I will, I will, I will give you that, that the setup for the next minute and the next few minutes is, is, is marked by this, this pitch black moment with the screen. However, I kinda giggled when the 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 uh he's called E1, the the um agent mm-hmm. suddenly turns on a desk lamp uh-huh. to light our two characters, which yes. means him he, and everybody else have been we're sitting, sitting in, in the, the dark. dark. Yes. yes. We don't see Zer and Cornelius moved into this room. It's like they were brought into a room, the lights were turned out, we ever got we got a nap, and then suddenly he turns on and goes, Boo, everybody
2: awake. But what I, And I agree. I, it's such a jarring cut that usually what you'll see film language will be is that they'll pop white all of a sudden, like the light has come on and we as the audience will be blinded. And when our eyes acclimate, we look back and Zira's doing that. It's a simple trick. I was shocked they didn't add that in because you're right. Everybody's sitting in dark. There I mean, the
0: interrogator op- should be.
2: Yeah, off, they well. don't even have lights on the tape play black machine. Eventually,
1: how is he queuing anything up? It's, it's one of those scenarios that would have, would have worked better and probably been scarier is if you were, you were black from Zero's point of view because there was something over her head. Yeah, yeah. That's That's a a good idea All of off. a sudden the light is on as opposed to random agents sitting in a room and going, here's a desk lamp. Mm-hmm. And why <laughs> is that right. bright to you? We're all sitting in the dark. And why did they put him back in
0: their ape outfits instead of just leaving him in human clothes? Because we've degraded them now, Sean. We've taken them out of being humans. But to them, that's not degrading. That's their clothes. As a matter of fact, they're not dressing like the subhumans that they're used to in the future. Right. So, to them, probably, that's more civilized to wear their clothes. Well, I think maybe in a modern film, they might
2: have taken them out of their clothes completely and truly made them into apes. And we would have seen yeah, just, just hairy bodies. Yeah. But you're not going to do that in the 70s. So I think that's probably why. They wanted to strip them back to now they are definitely alien to our world right i love it whenever i say comments like that and and well, i look at both of you just sort of going
0: okay technically they're not
2: they're shaking to, heads they're not alien to our world they they are from this world just in a different yeah, time but period. you know what i mean they're alien to the wor- the way of thinking the to our society there you go um one thing that struck me while while watching this and it goes towards what i'm reading right now i'm reading the actual book the uh, the netflix show mind hunter mm-hmm. have you watched that i've not watched the show no Excellent show, really well done by David Fincher, Supreme director. Um, I'm reading the book that the actual man wrote and the the first part of it, he's really talking about the culture of working for the FBI, CIA in the early seventies. And I swear that as watching this, I was like, there's what he's talking about, which was these almost nerdy type suit type things. And we see it a bit in that show where he's treated like, Ooh, you're here with their perfect little haircuts. I almost thought that maybe for the first time since the Statue of Liberty, these films touched on something that was true in the society, but people's paranoia and fear of government agencies like this, of being pulled and interrogated because he talks about that, that he couldn't even get people to talk to him. They were so afraid. And here they play on that paranoia. I don't know that anything in the second film touched is immediately upon what that day's thinking might be. And I think at this very moment, they actually said people are afraid and paranoid of this type of thing i thought it was a pretty pretty brave and intelligent choice at
1: that point
0: i'm i'm looking up something i've stumped richard
1: i uh, sorry i'm just trying i'm 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 thinking about this minute and processing everything yeah cuz yeah
0: it came out in 71 nixon was president then right? and he resigned in 74 <coughs> so you know it's the stress of government paranoid. is right there yeah right
2: and and I think that you know that's you can go back to the original Star Wars where Lucas played on some of that stuff by the evil empire and a, a
0: senator a, the Senate being shut
2: down yeah and all and, and, and stormtroopers is still tapping into World War II paranoia so the, to pull these kind of things is a pretty smart choice and so I thought Dane referencing let's put them in a controlled situation where you've been removed from society probably plays on a lot of people's fears from that time. I have no idea where to go with that uh, when
1: I look at it. Sorry. I,
0: I think I took the conversation to a place where Richard did not expect. So uh, I guess I'm moving on. <laughs> uh, whenever you first hear Zero talking, did you think that was her drugged again, or do you think it was a recording? At the very first,
1: yes, I did yeah, think I it was her talking. I thought they had drugged her
0: up again. Oh, right.
1: I, I, I immediately recognized it as what she had said to Hassline earlier and thought it was a recording. They were playing something back to try and get some type of response from her. Well, after, after the, the lights come up and we see Zero and Cornelius kind of like react to the light suddenly coming on. And uh, E1 uh, kind of, you know, looking at them, having turned the light on. It then kind of moves to a, a corner of the room where we see a gentleman with an actual tape recorder. Uh, he's E2, as he's uh, named in the script. E1 is amiable and E2 is icy but i didn't quite get the sense of that as we play out the next minute and so on that these they have the different personalities can can i E1 what yeah. what is that in reference to E what what does E stand for i don't know it just says E1 i could almost imagine
0: agent 1
1: agent 2 but yeah,
0: E or is I1 for interrogator or yeah. I don't
1: see anything in the script other that says hasline seated between E1 amiable and E2 icy maybe it's extra extra 1 extra 2 i don't maybe. know maybe yeah. yeah i mean they, they they're only credited in the script is E. when they speak, you get E1 and E2. I would like to be E3. Yeah. Like that be is E3. my new designation going <laughs> forward. E3. So so we then see the guy with the tape recorder, and we hear the the, the playback happening. You know, we saw the room of the earth melt, and then there was a tornado in the sky, and you know, it's just the slurry. They're just replaying the, the scenes you had right. with, with Hassan earlier. And
2: by the time we get into this, it's very apparent that they're replaying it. That we're yeah. We're, we're tapping back into what has transpired previous to this.
0: And they should have had Zira be a little bit more surprised to hear that because as far as we know, she's never heard a recording of her True. own voice. So True. she should be like, wait, you know, that's me. Yeah.
2: But. I, I don't know how much time you can stop down for them, you know, being surprised by these type of things and whatnot, because we're trying to be economical with the story and get ahead. You're absolutely right, though. You would think yeah. that that would be the case. And with how curious she and Cornelius are, you'd almost imagine they'd go, hang on, I want to see this yeah. little device and, and look how at it, it. How
0: does it work? How are you replaying what I said yesterday? Right.
1: Well, They originally have it as a wall speakers from where the audio was coming from, but mm. we don't really need to see a wall speaker for this particular moment. It's just in the room. You see a recorder, and you you don't need like a right. you don't need to see the speaker. The the thing
2: that hits me, and and I hate to get into being a former television technical person, but watching that tape deck, I thought, really, that's the tape deck I <laughs> have here. That's yeah. that's a rather fancy one. You would have more of a field tape kit to play back here. That's me picking
0: it details and yeah, it was
1: it's. so so they're they're at a table uh Cornelius and zero are on the uh front side of the table the e1 is seated to the side of the table uh he's operating the the uh in a sinister lamp beside them that turned it on there is a microphone in front of zero and Cornelius. obviously they're going to be recorded for this moment uh the other agent is in a corner of the room, standing. Uh, at what appears to be a desk that has a recorder, a tape recorder as well that he's playing Zero back. Uh, the, is this the moment we see, uh, we see Hasline in this minute? We do. Um, this is kind of a weird moment. Hasline's on the other end of the table. Far or away. Bob, from sorry, him. behind the desk. He, he's seated kind of casually behind the desk. So he's kind of listening to all this. So there's just basically three people in the room besides Zero and Cornelius. And he's still very much in shadow, which you know adds right. to his Sinister, honest tone. yeah.
2: Now, this is when the Amazon player decided to give me the note that Eric Braden did not particularly care for the character of Hasline. He felt him to be more of a caricature than anything else. But he loved working with Don Taylor, Roddy, and, and Kim. So he enjoyed the experience. But I I, I thought, man— you're chewing this up. How are you hate not liking, not, it, yeah. not liking this experience? Cause you're having a lot of fun with it. And sometimes in these type of films, films, isn't that half of the fun is just giving in to. Being the heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being the bad guy. I, he, in the, even in the shadow, he is so ominous that you just kind of know, Oh, dude, really? you're kind of scary. And also, the man has the longest fingers I've ever seen in my <sighs> life. He was doing this and I went, Oh, good
1: lord. It's like Jack Skellington suddenly. I had, I had noticed that, but I noticed his hand is kind of casually up on his face the entire yeah. time. Like he's, uh, uh very relaxed during this interrogation. You know, there's he's only, very analytical in that there's way. There's only a couple of moments that'll come up where you actually see him kind of lean in, but otherwise he's just kind of sitting back, taking it all in, letting it record. They're playing this back, that you know, the uh E1 says it's your voice, isn't it? And Zero's like, I, I you know, how can I tell? I don't remember. Why don't you remember? Because Dr. Hasline made me drunk. And then I just love that accusation like this is uh this is not who I am or what I was. How can I recount this moment because I was under the influence and somebody put me there. I do want to take a moment to just admire uh, 1970s uh, E1 actors mustache. <laughs> this is very. <laughs> this mustache is just so. It's very 1970s. Can we see that you're going to grow that mustache? No, I actually? will. I will. I will do that for the next uh, podcast. I awesome. will grow that little mustache for you. Love at. it. But it is just full on. My whole lip is just going to be covered by hair. Uh, and I'm gonna cut it off right at the corner of the mouth. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous 1970s charming mustache that is not fancy. It is just there. Let's
2: have a mustache talk for two seconds. All right. We've all, at times, Sean keeps his facial hair. Yeah. Uh, Richard and I have grown beards throughout this. Can you stand it when the hair
1: laps over your lip? No, I I trim it. I'll get a little trim cut on that. Does anybody? It everybody trims me. it. Don't don't do. Oh you oh yeah. you have okay. You, I'm sorry. I, I mean, noticed. how do you
0: think people get long mustaches? They don't trim. I just
2: I, it bugs the absolute living crap out of me. I never shave all this down just because I hate being smooth. Mm-hmm. But even when I wear it just as stubble as I do, I still go and trim all my hair I grab yes. there.
1: Do they get softer at some point? Is that what it is? Yeah. And it's right. like, it just don't bother you. Well, yeah. My wife doesn't say so. She just, you know, go shave. Just get a
0: comb and comb it out of the way. And that
1: is the Men of the Apes mustache uh, yeah. talk for this week. <laughs> Our sartorial. Well, episodes, episode episodes, uh, E1 agent is very nicely trimmed over his lips. So you okay. can see his full upper lip because it just stops right at the ridge, but it is a thick, thin, like it's a thick, I don't know how to describe it, I'll... I'll
2: it's a mustache. It's a mustache. It, in fact, when we refer to it, it has to be
0: mustache. Moustache. All right. That
2: um, That's the end of my notes. You, you well, seem yeah, to have had, something,
0: Sean. So, why, again, why are they putting so much um, weight in the fact that Zero said all this stuff when she was drunk? Because people say a lot of stupid things when they're drunk, and they don't always mean it. Or that they can be making up stuff. And <gasps> Yeah, but it brings in the fear and paranoia
2: that Hasline already apparently— has deep within his veins that he feels as though there is some impending doom. And I guess by circumventing that, mm. he can, he can keep I, us from annihilation.
1: What I, what I found interesting about the, the statement we close on, uh, with, uh, E1 saying to Zero, why did you sell something to Dr. Haaslein when drunk, which you never told the commission when sober? And then he gives her the answer, <laughs> because you and your husband were afraid for the safety of yourselves and your unborn child? Question mark. That statement should have come from Zira right not from that's the a good agent point. the agent basically said i'm gonna ask you this question and i'm going to give you the answer as though you're, sane, you're somehow rational, incriminating yeah. 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 yeah i was expecting to lead somewhere a little more darker than, right. than just the, the here's the obvious answer to the question right that's a good point yeah, i hadn't
0: really thought about that it's that whole robert evans dick of asking a question and then answering it himself was he tired no was he going to go to the party of course would he stay all night never I want
2: to do a whole episode where Sean speaks just like that. Robert (laughs) Evans. Yeah. You just summarize everything by answering every Every, question. Ask ask
1: the question and answer (laughs) it.
2: So so the cool thing is, again, this film at this point is developing another layer of the onion. You know, Mm -hmm. it is definitely taking us in a place we had not expected when we had such a light and comical tone after the first bit of the film. So... That leaves us. We're headed to 52 tomorrow. Yep. I'm not going to housekeep on the end since we sort of housekeep kept. Is it housekept? House house we were housekept people. We were housekeeping. We house yeah. Okay, we're housekepping. Anyway, we'll leave it there for Rich and Sean. I'm Todd. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Bye, Bye everybody.